Warning, this is a spoiler-based podcast. If you have not seen 2003's The Room, do me a solid favor. Stop everything that you're doing. Go see this movie, whether it's online or in a theater, on Blu-ray or DVD. Come back and join us and get in the conversation. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Colt45Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on any podcasting app that's out there. That's Spotify, Google Play, Apple. You name it, we are out there. Today, it's Colt45 is powered by... Uh, it, it's a uh, sugar-free rebel. And as always, for 200 goddamn episodes, we have been powered by you, the listeners, the fans, the Patreons, our fellow podcasts. Without you guys, we would have never made it to episode 200. And to all our haters, you can suck it. Gentlemen, this is Mario from the Superiority Complex podcast. Congratulations from myself and everyone here. On your 200th episode. 200 episodes of Cult 45. That is a massive amount of hair on our chests. That's like Sean Connery in Zardoz level chest hair. From listening to all those episodes of Cult 45. Congratulations gentlemen. Here's to 200 more. This is Anna from the Pop Prison Power Podcast. And this is the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You are now listening to Call 45, the only cold movie podcast that puts it on your chest. So sit back, relax, pour up, and turn up. Yeah! Welcome everybody to the 200th episode of Cult 45 Podcast. I am your host, and joining me as always... Random Randy Savage. Holy shit, folks, we made it. Cue the music, folks. We made it. We got, we, we, we got over the hump. By, by hell or high water, since 2014, we made it to 200 fucking episodes. Itch. Congratulations, Randy. You did Yay. it. We did it. We are here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing the room. Now, check it. A lot of people uh, who've been following us and dealing with us for a long time realize that we've done the room in episode one. Randy did not exist at that point in time. But the reason we're doing it because we put it up to a vote. Um, I went through a uh, Patreon and I went through Twitter and what had happened was Tommy Wiseau retweeted the fucking tweet and like thousands of strangers came and just tipped the fucking scales. So because of those shenanigans, I will let you guys know that we will be doing the runners up, which is Pulp Fiction, Battlefield Earth. And what was the fourth one? Uh, I think it was Chopping Mall. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So all those movies. Shall it be done in whatever order we please? But let you guys know that uh, the ones who voted, your vote still counts because it's going to be done regardless. I was on the fence about redoing the room, so we're going to do it in a different format. If you guys want to hear the Ruta Tatuta Soup to Nuts breakdown, I refer you to 2014's uh, room episode, which is episode numero uno. And out of respect for Tommy Wiseau, I got to give him a shout out because I feel like by picking that movie first, Definitely gave us a good boost, so I want to thank him for that. So, with that being said, um, it's episode 200. Honestly, guys, I didn't really push out to my friends super hard asking them to send me stuff, like, for episode 100. So, we have a couple of people who were kind enough to uh, chime in and say what they got to say. Let's start with our homies, So Wizard Podcast. They got a little something they wanted to tell us, so let's hop on to that real quick. What's going on, everybody? This is Joey from the So Wizard Podcast. This is Aubrey from the So Wizard Podcast. 
And this is Marky Mark Markellis Reagans from So Wizard Podcast. Just wanted to send a shout out to our boys over at the Cult 45 Podcasts in celebration of 200 episodes of their awesome, fantastic podcast. I listen every week and I've been a guest on the show in the past. I love it. Love you guys. Shout out to Beat Em Down and Random Randy Savage. Yeah, I'm thinking about changing my name to Joe Grizzly because uh, I feel like I am the Joe Grizzly of the podcast world. Uh, but congratulations, guys. 200 episodes. My chest is nice and hairy because of you. So keep going. Two zigzags. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fortunately, Aubrey had to stop listening. Her chest was getting too hairy and it was affecting her dating life. But it was. We'll get her on there as a guest soon and that'll complete the triple double. Congratulations, guys. We love you. Shout out to the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. Represent. That was awesome. It also, was. who like who uh, chimed in was uh, Montego Bradley from Fans on Patrol. Yeah, let's let's listen to what he has to say. It's Fans on Patrol time. I'm the host of Fans on Patrol. My name is Montego Bradley. Wishing my cats, my peoples, two hundred big ones down the drain and two hundred more to go and into infinity and beyond. I just want to wish a hearty congratulations to Random Randy Savage and to my boy Beat Them Down. Do y'all thing, man. Make your make your brother proud over here. I love y'all. Keep it going. Ah, uh, that is moving as always. All right, and last but not least, for the shoutouts, we had our boy Dave from Superhero Speak chiming in. Uh, old school, old guard. Back in the gap, and now he's with us as well. Let's see what he got to say. Hey, this is Dave from Superhero Speak, and I just want to say congrats to Colt 45 on 200 fabulous episodes. You guys are the best cult movie podcast on the internet. So keep it up, and here's to 200 more. Well, that's just fucking peachy. <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to the Geek World All Stars for chiming in. We appreciate that. Like I said, I didn't put a whole lot of feelers and beg for people to like. I don't know. I just I felt gross, and I felt like it's only fitting that the people I've known the longest send us the messages because <laughs> that's just, fair. Yeah, that's I just, fair. yeah. I I ask I ask for a lot from these people, and I don't want to push it. So. You know, whoopity do, we did it. Pats on the backs, circle jerk, we're done. All right, let's get to fucking business, shan't we? Yes, let's do this. All right, guys, so we're going to break this down in like different segments, okay? And I'm going to give you the segments ahead of time so you know what to look for next, all right? So one of our first subjects is exactly who the fuck is Tommy Wiseau, right? Our second deal is why did he choose the room as his vision? After that, we're going to go through two different top threes, our top three favorite scenes, Top three worst slash cringy scenes. Uh, top three issues with the film. And then we'll do our basic uh, stuff that we actually didn't get to do with uh, episode one. Um, because these segments did not exist. Uh, as far as the uh, Joe Grizzly. We're going to talk about the anti-Grizzly as well. Uh, and our knee pads and slippers. Because we didn't. I didn't give it an official rating, Randy. Everyone had a rating system apparently. And like you were talking about Colt 45s out of five. And I was like, that's adorable. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and then we wind up just going like uh, like the original idea was like, would you suggest the film? And that was the end all be all of uh and then and then it went from what what drink would you buy 
the uh, the movie and then it evolved into knee pads and slippers. So we went through a lot of changes uh, with the dynamic. Also, sound quality is a lot better from 2014. So thank you guys for that. Um, but yeah, who the fuck is Tommy Wiseau? Like, what the fuck, Randy? Like, where did this dude came from? It's like he came out of nowhere. Okay, so I, just a tiny bit of backstory. I mm-hmm. haven't, I didn't see this movie until episode one played. Because when I was listening to podcasts before I was on podcasting, I found Colt 45 and I was like, the movies you guys have chose previously I had seen already. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch these movies. And I like, I liked the opinions that I was getting back. And I was like, yeah, these is kind of. And then I saw The Room and I was like, oh, I haven't seen The Room yet. So I need mm. to watch The Room first and then join the conversation. Wow. No shit. Yes. And then I was like, this sucks. This is terrible. Ugh. But then I like I'm I'm listening to episode one and I was like oh my god so much better now it's like uh, everyone gets to join in into the suffering Midsummer I was screaming and you guys were screaming with me. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about the the room the movie is just the way that it the way that it comes off is like you see it and you think oh this is gonna be a Skinamax movie mm. And then as soon as the opening lines start and the ADR hits and everything is so weird, you realize you're in for some shit. So my theory is that Mm. Tommy Wiseau is actually an alien lizard humanoid who lived underground but was outcasted by the ruling reptilian race of the Illuminati. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Do you have any... any, um, um, I'm gonna explain as we move along okay. why this, why I believe these facts, while these lead to the proof that Tommy Wiseau is an alien man, a reptilian uh, underling. Mm, very interesting. So uh, there's a lot of speculation and rumors about like who the fuck Tommy Wiseau actually is. So um, there was even rumblings that he was DB Cooper himself. <laughs> D.B. Cooper, if nobody knows, uh, is was like a, a fable tale of a man who uh, hijacked a plane, robbed everybody, and then jumped out with his parachute and escaped and was never found. Realistically, he probably hit some shit and died horrifically, or he escaped and became Tommy Wiseau because the dude has a crazy amount of money. Um, yes, like insane amount of money. I don't understand where it comes from or who gave it to him or like... Or maybe it was just because he's been around for over 800 years and because he's a lizard man who lived underneath the earth and he has interest rates. I mean, I don't understand how this man got $6 million. Well, check this out. So possibly, possibly, like people have been doing a lot of digging because we didn't know where the fuck he was from. You know, like possibly Europe. We weren't sure. Recently, like 2017, uh, three years after we did the episode, we found out that he actually said he was from Europe. So people started doing some digging. Uh, Also, Tommy Wiseau is not his real name. Okay. His real name, possibly, is Pitior Rizorkowitz. Okay. It's crazily spelled. It's a W-I-E-C-Z-O-R-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Um, but Pitor like uh, P-I-O-T-R. Right. Um, also, his age was was undeterminable uh, for the longest. Nobody knew how old this dude was. He's 63 right now. 
as of right now, he's 63 years old. Supposedly, still not 100% sure, but I think he was born in like 19, uh, was it 55 or 65? 1955. And um, so that would make him 47 when he did the room where he was an all American boy in his mid 20s. (laughs) This is crazy. This information was not fucking available at all. When we did this episode the first time, it was just he was a complete en- enigma, and this is like the most new information we got on this fucking guy. Now that my theory is that he's a lizard man, he's literally eight hundred years old. That's what I'm calling. <laughs> he's eight hundred years old because and yeah, Europe, all that area, because there are uh, secret underground tunnels where he used to live, but was ostracized. Okay. Oh, so what? What about it? maybe his skin suit is uh, sixty-three years old? <laughs> Right. Okay. So that's that skin suit is sixty three years old. Right. So you think because of the Illuminati, they basically what gave him like a uh like a severage package? Like that's what his money's from? No, I feel like he found underground gold, <laughs> transported it into Cooperans. <laughs> back in nineteen fifty four, and then like now he has this money in two thousand three. Now check this out. Like my original theory before I did digging was I thought that this because like i was trying to pull context clues from uh the disaster artist movie which right. uh we're going to reference randomly probably um through this film because that once again that movie did not exist at the time of the original episode but um i thought that this dude actually was in an accident got a huge claim because he has irreparable brain damage <laughs> and that's why he talks like it's not an accent it is brain damage speech slur that's what i thought at first but I do feel like there might be some brain issues, possibly. Let me ask you this: like, like let's Go let's ahead. let's bring up a uh, bird Demick from episode one hundred. Could you draw parallels between um, the gentleman that that wrote and directed Bird Demick versus Tommy Wiseau and what he did with the room? Have you noticed any some uh, similarities besides the poor production value and like the incoherency of story sequences? Um, because yes. <laughs> How about the uh, the milking of that one project? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Like almost like he's afraid to do anything else. But like uh, I will give Tommy Wiseau credit; he has done, he has actually branched out and done more since that movie came out. But because the room is the biggest hit, obviously he rests he rests on it because that's his technically technically it is his money maker. But um, I mean, to be to be completely fair, I did the, I had the same thought when I looked at James Cameron's work, like Terminator, True Lies. Avatar, Titanic. Those are the last, these are the movies he's directed in the last 10 years. You got four. And then Robert Rodriguez, one of my favorites, are like El Mariachi, which leads to Desperado, which leads to Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And then in between those are Spy Kids. And then there's one, two, three, four. And then there's Dust Till Dawn, one, two, and three. And I'm like, or just the first one. And I'm like, it's not a lot. It's just, I feel like once you have something, you work you work it until you can't get anything else out of it. I do agree with that. But the other theories I had before I reached Lizard Man was <laughs> that he was in the Ukrainian mob or he was a Russian double agent to infiltrate themselves into Hollywood, but he wasn't very good at it. They were trying to like create a new kind of like splinter cell where he would like be so popular like you know what we should do? We should let these Russians, like, have free sanctions and stuff, like, be more and push himself toward a political agenda. So he's like, now, and then, no, we shouldn't, we should do, and now Russia has more of a control over the conversation, having both, a character on both sides with 
Tommy Wiseau on the liberal side and Mitch McConnell on the conservative <laughs> side. So that's a uh, that's very lofty. But the lizard man <laughs> make more sense. Lizard man does. That's the sad part. Like I'm actually dealing with the fact that lizard man makes more sense. But mob ties, I did think that too. Could it, the money that he has is ridiculous. The, um, the fact the fact that he had a billboard put up that cost five grand like a week or some shit or five grand a month. He had it up for like five years. Serious fuck, dude. It's I mean everything he did was out of his fucking pocket. Like everyone knows the story about the two cameras and how he did not rent anything. He bought shit, uh, rebuilt sets for no reason when they had identical shit outside. Like he 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 just threw money at everything. I highly recommend you guys watch a disaster artist. It, it's it's a nice homage to the actual film itself, and it gives you a little bit more insight on uh. Just how the movie was put together. Just really, really interesting. James Franco did a damn good job. I, I can't lie. Oh, also, real, real fun mm. fact. Uh, Tommy Wiseau has a insane issue with uh, flatulence. Like he, he enjoys it or just it. like... He hates it. He will not let uh, okay. valet drivers drive his car because he's afraid they'll fart in his seat. Like He is literally super, super against farts. So there's a story there. Also... Um, in Greg Sestero's book that, that the disaster artist was based off on, um, his sexuality technically wasn't in question, but kind of thrown out. I'll give you a real quick antidote. Um, mm -hmm. so when he was staying with also, I, I made a comment that, uh, if this went in different directions, this would have been a true crime story. <laughs> Great. I was, I was totally thinking that or the disaster artist or the room. Cause I feel like the room could have been a murder mystery. Well, no, I'm talking about disaster artist could have been a, uh, uh could have been a true crime story. Cause like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause like Greg could have died at any moment, but, um, there was a moment in time, right. Where, when they were bunking together, um, mm -hmm. uh, Greg was like halfway about to fall asleep and Tommy was in his room and was, uh, asking him if he needed anything. And he's like, no, I'm good. He's all right. Cool. And he said when he um in the book he said he uh he heard him go back into his bedroom he heard the sheets rustling around a little bit, and then he heard in a sing-songy voice, somebody's chicken, and Greg wisely did not respond. <laughs> oh, and stayed in his bed. So, yeah, maybe just maybe, you can you can feel it like when you watch the disaster artist you you can sense that there is some kind of unspoken floaty thingy happening no i get that yeah it's it's there it's there. Or, or or it could just be you know straight up guy love you know jd and turk style nothing wrong with that no there's nothing wrong with that as long as it makes sense but lizard man trying to adapt <laughs> to human behavior makes more sense my question is why the room in particular why was this the movie the launching point the first thing that he's done why this kind of movie? What was that about? Because um, in, in episode one, I, I, I was like talking about this was autobiographical. And I like how in The Disaster Artist, somebody brought up the exact same uh, observation. Like, do you believe in that? Yes, I actually do believe in that. But I feel like there's some liberties taken. Um, <laughs> be because as a lizard man, when he rised out of the sewers and met his first human, which was a woman who took him in and cared for him. Jesus but like, he felt that the fact that she wanted to be with her own kind, that was such a total betrayal to him that it, it shattered him. It shattered him to his core because he had never met, he had never met and or felt that way about 
one of the surface dwellers before. And I feel like that's what happened in this movie. I think in real life <laughs> that he he did. Okay, I don't think he worked for a bank per se, but I feel like a bank job is a uh, a lofty idea of what a successful job is. Because this is this is definitely in birdemic territory where you know uh, the the character's job doesn't make any sense. All right. Same thing with Lisa, Lisa's character, because she apparently worked in computers, but it's a competitive market. So it's not business isn't going well, even though it seems like she has nothing to do other than. But to, it's like it's two thousand and three. I mean, look, man. Google existed. Hey, man. And unless, if unless you don't understand humans because you're a lizard man, then that's why you can't write occupations. You know or what? Like, it's, treat them as characters. Based. I'm I'm really annoyed because I don't want to buy into the lizard man shit, but it's like making a lot of sense because I, I I saw on YouTube I watched him play Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, you, where, what planet are you from? <laughs> right? He just, He's played Reptile, didn't he? No, he, he picks up Zero, but like he literally pressed. Oh, he was so close. He was pretty close. He, played, <laughs> he pressed. He kept pressing the kick button over and over again and nothing else. And it drove me insane. <laughs> I was like, there's so many other buttons on that controller, bro. How have you not seen the video game system? What is going on? Who are no, you? Because he doesn't believe in computers because they're made of his precious minerals. <laughs> so that's <laughs> <a> fucking retarded. <laughs> um Oh god, but like okay. Let's do this. Okay. Like uh let, 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 let's abandon the lizard man uh angle for a second. Fuck who it. do you think? <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think was actually a real person uh, in this film to him? Because like, I, I'm gonna cite that his quote unquote psychiatrist friend was actually his psychiatrist. Okay, um, I feel like Mark and Lisa were the only real characters. Mm. I feel like out of everyone else, they were the only two real people. Not because. Not because of their performance, but because of their lack of performance. I feel like his understanding of the or lack of understanding of these two characters because he didn't know what they were thinking. And I feel like that's because those two never told him. And everyone else is something he created. So he knew exactly what they were going to say, how they were going to react and how they were supposed to respond to questions. But because I don't, because it doesn't make sense for Mark to betray him, it doesn't make sense for Lisa to betray him because there's no reason to. And I'm right. like, okay, well that's the point. The, 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 right. But that's the whole point is because they are just shit people, and that Johnny is like you know the best all American guy who's like the best of all time. He's but he's it's like even like him. even like Biff and from <laughs> Back to the Future, his mom is a bitch, and we see that later. So we understand that Lamb bitch, he came from in a bad home. That's why he's kind of a dick. And actually a real dick and a rapist. So like you get you get a clue, not a you know, not a big clue, but an understanding of, oh, so maybe that's why you are a rapist and a dick. Okay. And then you're like, okay, that makes sense. So if only Lisa and Mark exist, then who is Danny? Is Danny you think he's like a just a representation of his innocence? Yes, Denny's a representation of his innocence or his underlying homosexuality. Or bisexuality. Or bisexuality. Like, I feel like it is someone who just, 
who's peeking at the door, who's like, hey, can Tommy come out and play? Is it is it time to come out and like put on some chaps and go walk around San Francisco? <laughs> no? Okay, I'm gonna leave then. But he keeps popping in and out and it's like, hey, are, are, are you ready to go? Uh, the, the parade's down the street. You want to come hang out? No? Okay. He's not here. I'm going to leave. You know, there was another just... theory on, I, I caught on Reddit that like Denny was supposed to represent a dog. <laughs> I buy that too. <laughs> I also came up with, a th- I also had a thought where I was like, is Tommy Wiseau a sexual offender? And that's why they couldn't hire anyone under the age of 18. Whoa. Because all the lines are written for someone who's definitely under the age of 18. Right. A child. And it's like, that character would make more sense, Denny, if it was like a 16-year-old. If it was a 16-year-old who had his own place, paid for by another adult, but, you know, just like a room. And but he's still getting into drugs. He's still in school. He's still about to graduate. He like he's he doesn't make clear choices. He's in love with an older woman. And it's like none of this makes sense unless the child unless it's a child's brain or a man child who hasn't fully developed yet. And or, it's like, or uh, Tommy was always Denny. That works too. And it's like it's it's like what he thinks happened to a close friend of his that took him under. Also, I also noticed something. Mm-hmm. All of the humans in this are weak. <laughs> what do you mean, weak out? Like Tommy is might like almost super strength strong. He's portrayed as super strength strong in the he movie. Does, he does. He does go Hulk smash uh, at the end. But even even more than that, when he pushes Mark twice, it's twice. It's ten feet. It's, <laughs> Up it against the door. Feet. He didn't push. <laughs> it's like from from one side of the room to the other side of the room, up against the door frame, and Mark stays down for a minute. And I was like, the "Fuck!" When he throws a TV, it's like a loft, but that TV falls out of a 13-story window and completely disintegrates. And this is old school big booty TVs yeah. too. Dude. And it's CTR TV, and I'm like, he did that with one hand. No, he did not. <laughs> he fucking <laughs> he shot put that shit. <laughs> He needed two hands at first, but yes. When Shot he... put that shit all the way down <laughs> his apartment, which apparently holds the police station and the flower shop. Bro, and, look. <laughs> and three other apartments. So many things. So many things to talk about. So, all right. All right. So, uh, enough armchair psychiatrists yeah. on both our ends. Let's get into... Because he's a lizard man, and this is how he views humans. <laughs> Possibly. Um... All right, guys. So let's let's talk about the movie, kind of, sorta. Let's talk about yeah. our top three favorite moments from this movie, and they could be favorite as in in dick finger quotes or legitimately favorite. So we'll go back and forth. Um, right. Least of the, you know, like like the bottom, like three, two, one is how we go. How we'll go. Okay. So uh, I, I'm gonna start first. Go ahead. All right. One of my most favorite scenes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, my third favorite scene actually is uh, the rooftop drug money shakedown. <laughs> w- w- what did you have it at? Same spot. Oh, three. All right. So let's talk about. But this I had I scene. had a tie, so I'll, I'll use the tie as the other one. No like, bet. So like, no, we'll, we'll just go back and forth on this one, dude. What got me the most? Because <laughs> the whole sequence made zero sense. I didn't realize the character's name was Chris R until the disaster artist. <laughs> Oh man, that's that what that was. It is so weird. 
It's like, like, why is his name Chris R? Why is it not just Chris? Like, what the fuck is that about? But the uh, when you said like the money will be here, yeah. Like, what kind of lie is that? Like, you're gonna get murdered. But when <laughs> everyone shows up, and it's supposed to be a huge dramatic swell, and like Lisa, like for some reason, everyone who matters is on the rooftop now. Yes. With this weird drug situation. And Lisa kept yelling at him, what kind of money? <laughs> what kind of drugs, Danny? And I was like, no, what? not what kind of drugs. What kind what of what money? Kind of money? What, kind of- what kind of money? I owe him some money. What kind of money? She kept yelling, what kind of money? Like, it's, it's unfortunate that these actors weren't allowed to do their own interpretations. Like, this, this is very, uh, very reminiscent to uh, Birdemic. Mm. Where they don't have any room, but they have to do it as it is on script. What uh, kind of mo- that fucked me up? Still fucks me up to this day, dude. What, what part got you the worst on uh on that rooftop? That, that <laughs> I was thinking the guy with the gun kind of let him off easy because, like, I would rather have the guy with the gun than be berated by three people who asked me the same six questions, oh, yeah. the same question eighteen times, <laughs> and. and at the top of their lungs. At the top of their lungs. And it's like, and then he gets like this weird, like, chest pat. And they're like, no, it's okay, Danny. It's okay. First of all, he's 18. So stop it. So, like, was he flipping? Was he, was he, was he, was he buying drugs from Chris R and then flipping and selling drugs? Or was he using them? Like, it was not really clear. None of it was clear as far as, like. I think he was he was a drug dealer. It would make the most sense because, like, you got serve style. Yes, this is like, yeah. So he's just dropping off packages, like with duffel yes. bags, and nobody, know, nobody's in the wiser. Because no one would suspect that guy. You can quote me on this. You can write it down, put it in the magazine. Chris R. Better drug dealer than Timothy Oliphant's character in Go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does he not fuck that around money yeah. right now. Yeah, no fucking around. Also, where's my money? <laughs> also, is Chris R actually in jail? Because <laughs> like, yes, they just grabbed the him, whisked him away. Yeah, went like to the first floor and was like jail, and then walked away. No paperwork, no statements. They got back up there hella fast. It's where yeah, the jail is all in one space. The jail, the flower shop, the coffee shop, all in the same, occupying the same space. All right, so let's talk about our... Because Lizardman technology makes it so. (laughs) You're not going to let it go. All right, so uh, go ahead and tell me your number two favorite slash dick finger favorite. uh... Did you want to hear my third one or the other one I had? Oh, yeah. So so you had had like a straight up tie. Yeah, I had a tie. I was like, I I, I hate this scene and I hate this scene equally the most. It's the one... It's the one where Michelle takes Mike's shirt off like a toddler. Dude! <laughs> that is in my cringe like That's in my worst segment. But it's my favorite scene because it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> Dude, I hate it because I tell because, my son that shit. Arms up. Yeah. Like, whoa. And I'm like, <gasps> why are you sexually assaulting this poor man child? Why are there so many men? Like, Tommy Wiseau is, re- is, having, is hosting a home for mentally broken man children and i'm just like that would make more sense than what's happening right now because i don't understand why michelle is literally the worst person in this movie next to lisa because 
she knows all the secrets. She has she, a breaking and, point. She had a breaking yeah. point though. E- even even Michelle was like, "Yo, what the fuck? What are you talking about? You're pregnant." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she at least she has some kind of like arc where she, she was has like, lines. "Like you're you're pushing it a little too far." That's that's hilarious. That that is in my uh, that's like number three for like the most annoying fucking thing <laughs> that happened there. The blowjob scene in in, in in general was just cringy as fuck. Chocolate's the language of love. Some dumb shit. Yeah. It was brutal. Also, I don't appreciate how cool Tommy is uh, with people just fucking in his house like that. There's no keys. No. Everybody comes in sense. and just gets it in. Because he's got that like comforter over it. And he just takes the comforter Ugh. off, washes that shit, puts it back on. Done. Ugh. Gross, gross, gross. All right. What is your... Uh, no one's going to get thrushed that way. It's going to be awesome. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so my other favorite scene, number two, is the uh, I did not hit her. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Mm. I feel like um, that scene is the perfect, like, nugget to give somebody to let them know why they need to see this movie. Yeah. That's why I like it so much. Like, it's that was the first thing. Like, I remember watching, I was watching Watch Mojo. And they're mm-hmm. like, number whatever the fuck, The Room. And they showed that scene. And that scene stuck with me. I was like, I have to watch this movie. <laughs> this, is, this is a train wreck. What is this? And everything about witnessing? it. Everything about it is like, what the fuck is this? So my favorite part is I haven't seen the disaster. I haven't finished The Disaster Artist. But that, that scene, the making of that oh, scene hilarious. is in the trailer. And... That shit made me piss myself. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> I like when he stared right into the fucking camera. <laughs> He's like, what? what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Everybody's saying the line. I did not hit her. It is bullshit. I did, I did not hit her. Bullshit. Take 47. Dude. Then he's like, I hit her. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Are we just changing the lines now? Like, he was just, <laughs> like Seth Rogen was awesome uh, in that part. Oh, just the frust like honestly, dude, like like uh, uh Paul Shear, like all them dudes, man, yeah. I fucking love. Finishing, them. I'm finishing the movie, but I, I like, I'm really, I'm really conflicted. I want to have a like this opinion untarnished by the disaster artist, because my opinion of Plan Nine from Outer Space changed when I watched Ed Wood, and it's just like it changed, and I felt it happening while I was watching the disaster artist, like. Oh man, I, I'm kind of admiring his like dick energy here, and I'm just like, no. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to come back to this. No, no, no. He, like, I, I'm going to give Tommy this. Tommy Tommy has, definitely has drive. Because, like, uh, like, like when we picked, we picked the room first for the show because it was, like, like uh, the theme, like, we did themes back then. It was uh, Passion Projects. Right. That was the theme. And for him to, like, push it so hard to get it done, like, showed how much he cared about it. Um... You know, making his own way, yada yada yada. But the faults are still there, and because uh, even Tim and Eric try to fuck with him, mm-hmm. and they try to give him his own little show, and like the plan for Tim and Eric, Tim and Eric was like, "We want you to just keep doing what you do. We don't want to disturb it." He said, "Uh, uh, uh Tim Howdecker said he wanted to like basically treat it like uh, you know, like a uh, tribe in the Amazon, like just don't tarnish it at all, and just like he's like, give me it." And I will give it to the higher ups and that'll be that. Like whatever money you need, we'll handle it, but just put in the work. But like Tommy wanted Tommy wanted uh more input. Like I don't think he wanted to have all of that on his shoulders. 
Right. So it was kind of like a riff and like and like it was very interesting. God, that would have been like incredible. That was the plan, but it, it didn't go that way. And you know, for whatever the fuck reason. So yeah. <laughs> but okay. Dude, also there's like if you go look up some of the shit he does on uh YouTube, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, man, cuz he has a series called Shame on You. And it's okay, so like there was another documentary I wanted to look up called Room Full of Spoons. Mm. And it is uh it's injunction right now. Like there's uh, legal issues or some weird shit going on. Um, like Tommy might have to go to court because like they, this has been like a couple of years of like crazy shit going on, and like I I didn't get a chance to see it. So there's this thing <clears throat> where I'm like, because they referenced that uh, that they think they were talked about in Tommy Wiseau's Shame on You Volume Three. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's a Volume Three. So I watched it, thinking that Tommy's gonna talk, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. It's basically just nothing but title cards and then like shaming me for my work and then cuts to explosion noises in the and explosions in the background and big letters shame on you and it repeats it is kind of scarily insane right what? so and then um it showed a picture of the room and a picture uh-huh. of a room full of spoons and then the picture of a room full of spoons gets shot up right this sequence happens repeatedly like three times like like he ran out of shit to say and then they did like this weird thing where like it blew it finally blew it up they finally blew up the picture of room full of spoons and then pans over to tommy's uh picture you know the the weird mugshot he has in the room Mm -hmm. and then slowly zooms in towards his eyes (laughs) and it is i got scared weird I got legit scared because the the because I didn't realize how bloodshot his eyes were, and that wonky eye just made it even more creepy, dude. I got creeped the fuck out. Yeah. But uh, he didn't even do it to be scary. He was just like, "Yeah, this is the genuine article. Check it out." So I I, ch- I had to watch Shame on You one and uh, one and two, and it's the same weird like. The f- you like, know who no, I'm talking. Like, you know like, how weird this shit is. He Keep literally watching. says, "You know who you are." Shame on you. And then it's like, keep saying stuff like, copying my work. Shame on you. It's insane. <laughs> it's fucking insane. And it's scary. <laughs> so it was like, I don't know, man. I'm so. Don't feel all the way bad because he's, he's, okay. He got some manic shit about him, bro. Like, it's. Another thing that just adds to this theory now when lizards are too close to the sun <laughs> for a long time. They start to go a little wonky because they get dehydrated. Yeah, he needs water and some milk. He needs to like he needs his water and he needs to go back underground in some shade because he's getting kind of crazy. All right. So what is your other uh... number two? Yes, it is Lisa asking Mark to come over for the first time <laughs> because of the lack of fucks <sighs> on Mark's part. <laughs> so it's so cool. What do you because, want? I'm here, busy. I, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. It's like I was gonna, like, hey, you want to come over? No, I'm kind of busy. Uh, what do you want? Uh, can I talk to you later? No, you're gonna talk to me now. Uh, you owe me. All right. What do you want to talk about? <sighs> My mother. You know what? I'll talk to you later. No, come <laughs> over right now. You want to come over like at noon tomorrow? Sure. Whatever. Click. 
<laughs> like, that's how that scene plays out to me. Whereas, like, he doesn't give a fuck no. about what she has to say. No. And she is just dripping with pussy juices to have just, like, just any other dick than this lizard man's. And I'm just like, I we get it. I get it. I get where you're going. But I don't understand your motivation towards this. Because the first nine minutes of this movie, you had sex with him. And he bought you roses. And he's paying for this apartment. And, like, he's he's paying for this weird man-child's apartment. And it's like, I don't understand why you hate him so much. It's, it's- it would make more sense if, like, I even wrote, I wrote down, I was like, if the sex scene between the first, between Tommy, I mean, yeah, between Tommy, Johnny, and Lisa lasted 30 seconds instead of the whole four minutes, it's just like, then we understand. And like, Or oh. or when she fucked Mark, Mark just fucking just slams her up. Yeah, they fucked exactly the same. On, <laughs> on that stairwell, on that spiral staircase, and just like, Spit on her back. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't nothing. If, like if he had just like donkey punched her and it was just like really rough up against like the walls and shit. Like it was just graphic. Yeah, it didn't yeah. have to even. I had to show nothing. It just had to be graphic. Like just grabbing her hair, slamming her everywhere, and just like you know, put her head in the toilet and just like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> wasn't ready for that. Wasn't ready for the. Wasn't ready for the toilet. But yeah, yeah, there, there yeah. should there should have been a, a dichotomy that between that relationship was made out of passion. Yeah, right, okay, right, 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 right. But we don't get any of that. We get no. the same like you know eighties, nineties montage sex scene. First of all, don't you don't shit. you talk bad about uh, you are my rose. That's my jam. That's my uh, fucking jam, dog. I was like, compared this sex scene to the one in Desperado, I was like, Desperado can get you hard watching that. What well, a Selma Hayek, man. Selma Hayek, but it's also Antonio Banderas, and he is like, he like as the guitar solo like gets to a crescendo, he's just like, bang, upside down, backwards, down on the bed. They were <laughs> fucking hard, though. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. They, they were getting. I'm gonna it. roll this like spur on your back and like suck on his titty and just like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why'd you have it? Why'd you have the accent with the titty? I'm gonna suck on his titty. I'm gonna suck on his titty. I'm gonna suck on his All right, man. So number one for me. <laughs> It's a fucking suicide. Damn it! Nah, man, come on. It's it's legit. Let's talk about it. Let's, it's it's the it's the best part. It is the best part. It's of this the movie. best part because so much to unpack. This <laughs> is so much to unpack, and like, I get it. You know, mm. like he was hurt in real life and super pissed off, and it's and it's the, <sighs> you know, the I deal. like this part for two reasons. One. I, every time someone asks me about the room, every time someone asks me about the the worst movie I've ever seen, I'd say the room because never have I actively rooted for a character to kill themselves and then got my wish at the end. And I was like, yes. Oh my God, there's a gun from Chris's R's gun. Yes. Do it. Do it. Pull the fucking trigger. Oh, wow. You... Like, oh, shit. You think that's. I it didn't... is Chris's R's gun. He kept it. Huh. 
I think you that's added true. that. I think you add, I just thought he just owned the gun just because. No. That gun was the same gun that almost killed Danny. Wow. He had that gun. Shit. That adds a nice little layer to it. Right. But uh, him busting a nut on the dress before he dies. Oh. It's just weird. It's all part of the death scene. and I just It like, takes you out of it because it's like. You're too busy laughing at whatever the fuck that was. You're like, what are you, what are you doing? Because yeah. he's going Hulk smash on the entire apartment with his lizard strength, and it's just like because he's so filled with rage and his blood and this emotion, and he sees this dress and he smells her scent, and he's on the bed and he's like, oh, and he gets on the floor with all the pillows and blankets, and he gets <laughs> surrounded by her scent, <laughs> and just because you know. Lizards smell through their skin. He's just like, oh, oh he's so aroused. <laughs> he just has to like, he just has to fuck something. And he just grabs that thing. And he's like, this is how I should have done it. Grabbed the back of the head and just. Argh, argh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so speaking of cringiness, let's talk about our top three worst slash cringy scenes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way. Yeah. Like the, the arms up scene. from <laughs> That was just. Arms up. Oh, God. Uh, I told my son that, man. I do the same thing. Jesus Christ. Weird. Fucking weird. weird. What was yours, man? Um, So it's the jogging scene. Jogging. Every time there's a conversation with another dude, I cringe because the football is how we're going to keep track of the dialogue. And it's just like you throw the football, you catch the ball. Hey. Hey man, they do that more than it. once. Cause remember when uh, lot, yeah. remember when Lisa was taking shit out of her uh, out of the grocery bag? Yeah. Oh, uh, same thing. Same like, thing. Every time they do an action, they do an action. They have a line. They do an action. They have another line. And I'm just like, are you just keeping score? Or like, well, can can no one have a conversation and not do anything? I mean, the mom can. The mom Colette can do that. Colette has the ability to actually have a line without having an action of to progress it but even like peter the psychologist he'll have a line take his glasses off and then he'll have another line put his glasses back on and it's like oh it's bad <laughs> and then the, it's and then it was like i was almost certain that the dude at the end the party gore number three the guy was like who shows up out of nowhere man that was peter just recast it because they didn't they lost peter after they tossed him in the tuxedo down on the ground and he's like oh, that's it i'm done that wasn't a line in the movie. That was him quitting the movie. You know I what's believe. funny? I actually had that dude in my list for like worst cringiest scenes. Cause like the fucking I put him on those the fucking random guy who's right. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been fucking Peter. It should have been, and I really think it is. He wasn't in the party. The guy's name. Peter wasn't at the party. Oh my god! But that guy was, and it's like that guy's Peter now. They he just came in like he us. knew. I mean, he nobody was like, uh, who the fuck? Are, like, no yeah. name. Like, he just showed up full of piss and vinegar, dude. Was like, <laughs> because like, he knew all the Lisa, players. you're a he fucking knew, bitch. We he knew to, about Mark's relationship. He everything. knew about Tommy. He knew well, no, 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 no. But, 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 but he walked in. No, no, no. He, he walked in on that shit. Did yeah, he? But, yeah, he did. But it's like, just so that we could see it again. And like, because he has, because Tommy knew about the shit, but he had to have the recording. But you so know what though? Have to have double confirmation too. This is still better than the uh, Superman's lip being digitally altered. Yeah, 
I mean, we get it. It's like Still now, better. if you just if you had given that guy glasses, I wouldn't have known that it wasn't Peter. Well, he was, well first of all, Peter Peter was balding, so I know he was bald as fuck. Yeah, it would have made a fucking sense. They just like swap out the white men and like eh, that's Peter now. So uh, what's your they, other they one? Big guy Beetleboards. Nice, yeah. they did. But anyway, what was your uh, what, what was your other one as far as cringe? Tommy sex scene number two. Oh, the exact same sex scene being played twice. Sex scene, they played twice. The one where he's punching into her stomach and trying to impregnate her belly button. I'm I'm going to put my penis in your belly button. Uh, same, uh, God, same track, and I'm just like the ADR of them fucking all the fuck scenes is just brutal. It's just, just the worst. Pick uh, a uh, line. Either all guy moans. It's all guy or, moans. Or, or, like, or your sexy sax track. Not both. Pick one. You can have all guy moans or you can have all sexy sax track. And it's like, in most movies, they pick the sexy sax track. There's no dialogue or volume or dudes. Oh, there might always be always chicks. No, you only hear the chick moaning. If you hear Maybe. any moaning, it's always the chick. I feel like if you hear moaning, it bumps it up a rating. Like, if you get closer to that NC-17 rating. But if you just have the music track... Then you're safe. You don't hear anything. You right. won't hear the ass slapping when Selma Hyatt gets it. <laughs> so it's like, so when you're just hearing the guitar solo. I gotta say though, like three out of the four songs were like spot on for like '90s love making. But it was one, one of the songs that got on my nerves was the uh, one where the guy just kept listing amazing things he will do for his love. <laughs> oh. I will run through the things. And it's like, all right, we get it, buddy. Get it? It's a love we song. get it. Even the even the chorus is just "I will" because he just ran out I of would, shit. Yeah. I would prefer the royalty free track that you guys keep playing in between transitions over whatever you're playing now. <laughs> I love this because I love definitely that. it's definitely something you got for free. I can tell that much because it's all oboes and high senses. It's like a Sierra video game background music. Yeah, it's it's like like Nancy Drew shit. or like some kind of like. It's murder she wrote. It's what Gabriel it is. Knight game. Like <laughs> this is just random. Oh god. My my number one cringy what the fuck moment in the movie was uh Denny eating that fucking apple. Making me think this is a whole nother kind of movie at that point in time. Yeah. So many weird like it's like a meta twist. Like a like you're thinking Denny's gonna be the villain. On some level. Nah, I was really hoping Lisa was going to be the villain. Well, I mean, she you got your wish. No, no, no. Like actively be the villain. Like not not passively. She's she definitely just she's doing things because she's doing things. But if she if there was a scene where like she has the drinks and like one is brown and the other one's clear, and then you know, Tommy or Johnny or whatever drinks it. And he then starts dancing around, and then, like she's drinking hers, and it's nothing's happening to her. Then we are, and then like she wakes, he's like, "What happened? Oh, you got drunk last night." And then it's like, oh, "I did. What did I do? No, I didn't do nothing." And then she tells everyone that he hit her, and it's like we see her planning these things out, and we see her being more actively as a villain. And it's like I'm like he's hitting me, and we see bruises show up out of nowhere, and it's like Mark. Then we have that rough sex scene. And with Mark, and then it's like, where the get those bruises? Tommy hit me. And it's like, what the fuck? Movie. You're making a better movie, but that's not I was actively trying to make stop. a better movie. You did like, it what? though. No, like 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 the bruises from her getting smashed down 
and yeah. then blaming it on that would have been wah, actual things. But no, Randy, this is 2003's The Room. You shut your mouth. Don't you ever do that again. My, my brain you... is going to keep trying to like, no, I so. And then I was like, she's trying to poison him, like, or giving him psychotics, which makes his behavior even more irrational. Oh. And it's like, so Enough then now he's like, Enough everyone's against me. Why is everyone against me? He's like, Tommy, what are Holy you talking shit. about? The so entire you... world is on your side, bro. So like her, so him going to suicide will be the, the drugs that she gave him taking over. Yeah. And then it's the a gun, better movie, Randy. And Stop. the gun that, like, that was the drug dealers just happened to show up in his place out of nowhere. Because he's like, fucking Chris Archie. Where R2? did he get that gun? Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. So let's talk about how not good this movie is as far as. I just fixed this movie, guys. You fixed the shit out of it, actually. And I hate you for it. But um, this is what we do. But like one thing that about Lisa, this is kind of a, a, a tangent that always bothered me. This bitch said, I don't want to talk five times in this fucking movie. Yeah. Every time it gets too real for her, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, and I'm like, ooh, he had to deal with that. That's a real thing because it kept coming up. Yeah. It kept coming up. I was like, that is a realistic thing. Also, uh, Mark by himself has said that he is the best friend of uh, Johnny three times. Like I said, these two characters are real people. For yes. sure. Yes. Dear Lord in heaven. Um, what is your number one most cringy, stupid, stupid fucking thing about this? Um... The first sex scene. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. All right. No, on. sex scene number two was number oh, two, but sex oh, scene number hilarious. one was the first cringiest <laughs> of it all. Because, because first <sighs> we we're we're like just the most, you know, just the pinkest of underwear away from a threesome, a devil's triangle with Denny and Tommy and Lisa in his bed, and it's just like he so wants it to happen. Because yeah, he's madly in love uh, with her so because she's so hot. And I'm like, it would make sense if Lisa was hot instead of like a five. Are you I mean, no, yes. No, no. I mean, I mean, you're crazy. She is a butterface. Are you insane? She's a butterface. But like the butter kind of went down to her. To her roles, you're I'm, a lie. I'm, you're a I'm gonna lie. get a nasty tweet from. Nerdy you're a liar. Bitch. You're I know a that fucking liar, sure. though, dude. If that chick, honest. if that chick rolled up to you, trying to give you any kind of play, that bitch would be the light of your fucking life. You shut your lying ass up. A five. It, it depends a five. On what mood I'm in. Like, Le- okay, no, no, no. Lisa as a whole, as a character, with her, with all her personality quirks, absolutely a five. You know, like before we find out all that oh, stuff. Oh, go to hell! Go to like, hell! Like, You're I will. Full okay. of it. You're Replace full of it. it. Enough thirteen-year-old boy talk. Let's get to. I know. Uh, <laughs> Lisa sucks. All right, top three issues with the films, like shit that mm. bothers us the most about this film, even though we it's the whole film. I shall start with breast cancer. Oh, oh yeah. Why? <laughs> Why was that in the movie? Why was that a non-issue? Most most of the mom, most of Lisa's mom's issues were very intricate and detailed as far as storytelling is concerned, and they went nowhere. The whole battle with the house with her brother, all of that, so much effort went into that. Like honestly, probably the most like compelling, interesting things that were said out of somebody's mouth. Came from the mom, and they went nowhere. 
Yeah, because I feel like she didn't play by the rules, and she's just making up her own backstory. Mm. No. Or, or everything that she said actually happened to Tommy's mom. Actually happened to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's probably another real person. Yeah, I mean, mm. I was I was under the impression that Tommy's mom was either like Lisa's mom. Lisa's mom was Tommy's mom, real mom, and everything that happened to her was like, because Tommy's mom had died when he was ch- a child from breast cancer. Her her brother took the house, and it's like then that left Tommy as an orphan with his stipends, which he put in the bank. Yo, and then when that weird twist comes where she became like a bitch out of nowhere, acting just like Lisa, that's Lisa's actual mom, or right whoever represents that chick's actual mom. Right, man, that's why she seemed like two different totally people. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And I bet that his mom touches his nose when she she says bye bye all the time because mm-hmm. that weird. was something that his mom that he that's like a sensory memory he remembers from like nice. childhood nice what, what what was one of your main issues with the film i went real general it was like because i i built a better story with what he what he had given me the characters he had given me i built a better story just based on like i know he was trying to go for gone girl i feel like he was going for gone girl and he just missed it. Like he had, if he had gone, like I get it. If in this universe, Tommy is Jesus Christ. Okay, everyone loves him. Everyone like bows down to him. He can stop criminals by just putting him in arm bars. Like, like, but around him, the money lenders are betraying him. People are like the prostitutes won't listen to him. Even his own disciple like betrays him. And I'm just mm. like, yeah. Mm. Because he's Jesus. He's Jesus. And he sacrifices himself because he can't, he's not of this world. And I was like, okay, I get I get the movie you're trying to create. But. Tom, I really feel like you put way more. Like, he would kiss you out of appreciation for all that stuff he's given it. But I don't, I don't think the movie is even that. I just think it's just revenge porn for whoever wronged him. And that's that. And that's the problem. Because you were so close. Just. Go further. You were so close to being like, then show us the world caring about Tommy or caring about Johnny. Show us that all your like, all your entrepreneur like I get then do do your mother exposition like he's a big financial dude. Did you see about like did you read in the paper that Tommy gave money to children like <laughs> stuff? Just like how much would that cost? Who knows, man? What about um? It, I had an issue with the. Uh, Lisa's total arc and when she brought up a pregnancy out of nowhere for no fucking reason mm. just because it'll make things interesting that I don't know why that made me I she was annoying but she turned mm. into very punchable right at that moment <laughs> I was like what are you why are you doing this and then like not understanding how gestation works and be like I mean we're gonna get pregnant eventually so like whatever <laughs> what's gonna happen I was like are, wait are, are you gonna stay with him? Because I feel like you're leaving. Like, how are you, you gonna get pregnant? Doing right. Did you have any other? What, what other issues did you have? Uh, mostly my issue was sound. Like I, <laughs> the ADR. The, I've I've never known that in the soundtrack. I'm just like I don't I don't I don't care about the soundtrack because normally the soundtrack in movies is so subdued. I'm more focused on the story and the action and the acting. So it's like underneath the soundtrack should just be like. The Quiet Ninja. I never hear it or see it coming. And it will enhance things that I'm seeing now. But it's like, this soundtrack is just... a. It's Ron Jeremy at a party and he puts his dick in the mashed potatoes. And it's just like, it's <laughs> fucking obvious. 
And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Stop geez. that. This is a deep crater in your cement of potatoes. You just know damn well. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, sorry, bruh, bruh. It's just, uh, it's got really hot. Man, I, um, I literally forgot my last issue. I have one more. What you got? Where the fuck did $6 million go? Oh, I mean, just salaries, man. No, uh, there's no way. <laughs> dude, he bought top of the line. Like, he bought digital cameras. He used green screen. He had like sets built. Like, that money, I mean, and plus people probably took advantage of him too. Had like, to. or Or he paid himself a good chunk of money. Like, you never know. I'm just like. Because he's actor and director and producer. He probably, like, took some of that money yeah, and, like, bankrolled it. And Greg was, like, line producer and, like, script super, or Danny, like, someone name was Danny, was, like, script supervisor. I'm just like, what the, the, where did all this money just vanish off to? Because I, I'm reading Rebel Without a, Without a Crew. The Robert Rodriguez story. Mm. He made his first film for seven thousand dollars. Kevin Smith made his for fifteen thousand dollars, and it's like thousand dollars makes a movie coherent, clever, using what you have around you. And it's like, and I get that's like, oh, that's amazing. How like that's how you do it? And then just like I'm looking at this. I spent six million dollars on this, and I'm just like, where's the rest of the money? It's not. In the, it's not in the green screen. I know you bought the cameras, but the camera, you bought how many cameras? 10? Maybe. Uh, seven? Like, the fucking IMAX camera is worth a million too. So you bought six of those. I don't know. When James Cameron broke one of the IMAX cameras, he had to pay a million two out of his own pocket. Oh, also pr promotional shit too, because he, he, sp he spent money to have it screened in a theater, the whole nine. Okay, but I feel like... You can rent out a theater for less than $5,000. I don't know, Randy. I don't know. Like, and then you, the, okay, the billboard, you said $5,000 for what? An entire year, right? That's what you said. So that's two. That's $25,000. Also, the firing and rehiring of people, too. Because he, yeah, he, he, he had to pay other people, too, because when, uh, when he got rid of them. I don't okay. know. I feel like there's either he's an embezzler, like he just took this money. Or I mean, honestly, he always had this money, and it doesn't mean anything to him because, as a lizard man, he can always oh go underground God. and. Get... He could have went underground any time at this point, but he, he didn't. Yeah. He's currently making a movie called Big Shark, that'll be coming out sometime soon. And he made a movie with uh, in 2017. He made a movie with Greg Sestero um, called uh, Best Friends, but parentheses on the R for fiends. Because the track of lizard men who rule in the, under the Illuminati. Their guise is to hide themselves in plain sight or hide themselves completely unless you unless you give the entire community away. But Tommy is an outlier in even in that community. He wants to be known as a star amongst the lizard men. So he went up to the surface with what treasure he found from the Pirate's Bay and like made these movies because he wants to be famous. And they're like, his lizard brethren have no idea why he's doing this because it's so close to be like i'm surprised there's not an assassination attempt every time but it's like wow yeah <laughs> uh you're retarded so 
Jesus. So like let's let's get into the the counts. Let's 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 get the counts out the way, guys. So let's find out how many people were killed in this movie. Let's get into our body count. That body count. That body count. Randy. <laughs> how many people died in the film, bro? One for sure. <laughs> yep. And I that scene is just hilarious. Oh my god, is he dead while there's a crater in the dead? back of his head? Is I think so, bitch. Oh, look at my three fingers. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. Danny comes out of nowhere. Ah! Wake up, Johnny. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, wake Jesus up, Christ. Stop. Ugh, God. All right. So let's get this skin deep. Jesus Christ. This is fine. Let's talk about our favorite subject, the nudity. Let's get skin deep. It's about to get skin deep. This is why I'm not giving um, Lisa a, a bad grade because her boobs are kind of cool. We got to see her boobs, and we got to see a lot of Tommy Wise. I would rather see ass. Michelle's boobs, to be honest. Ah, ew, I, Michelle's not attracted to me. We saw, we saw Tommy Wise's entire ass. Yep, and a lot. All so, cheap. But that's it, right? I don't think we even I see. Saw, yeah, no, we, we don't no, see you Greg. Don't see marks. That's hilarious. I'm surprised there's not a big old butt scene with Danny and. Mark and Peter, everyone else. Jesus. But um, let's talk about our least favorite character in this movie this time around because I feel like it's it needs to be done. Let's talk about our anti Grizzly. I'm gonna go first. Uh, what's the guy named Mike? Who's who's the the, the blowjob guy? Yeah, that's Mike. I could not stand him because they gave him a scene where he just re-explained what happened. And the me underwears part made me want to kick him in the throat. Because like, you could tell he tried to like put some flavor in it to make it funny. And it just it's, it was so bad. Yeah, because they told him, like, we're, we're just going to cut over these lines. That's fine. And I was like, okay. Me I'm under- just going to tell that same. Yeah. Like, the ugh, underwears. Shut the fuck up, dude. Ugh. And it just made it less funny. And then it's like, I just like how <laughs> Tommy is just. It's not really just glazed over look as he's explaining it to him. Oh, I got you. I get it. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. I'm glad glad he got thrown into a trash can. That was the best. Yeah. That made me happy. But uh, who was your worst character in this whole fucking movie? Uh, Like, the worst character, I really, I wanted to say, I wanted, it was Mark. I was still on Mark. Yeah, I hate Lisa, but her character makes it would make more sense if she was actively doing it. But Mark is given a choice. Mark has the choice to be either the best friend, and he like tries to be conflicted about it, I guess, and or or banging this six. <laughs> is that a was that a guilt point? Was that a yeah, point for a, guilt? I'll give him a point for guilt. <laughs> There's no, there's no pity fucks in Cold 45, Randy. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, 
What are you talking about? There's you all gave the her a solid five, and that's what she is in your All eyes. the pity fucks. Oh like, my god! It's just like he's like he's the worst because he. And then he's at the end. No, you you don't get to have either of us. And I'm like you're the worst. No, because he, he sucks. But like like what's funny to me is like him him like treating her like shit. I felt was like vindication in my eyes, only because the pregnancy part was like this is unnecessarily. So you're just being reckless and stupid. Cause like there's like. like Everything she did is unfounded as fuck. When you right. really think about it, Johnny's boring. He takes care of. He does all the stuff. That's why he's boring. What? So if he's boring, then turn up the heat a little bit. I know you want to do things for fun. Yeah, and it's like let's not definitely- let's not give yeah. him vodka and scotch all together, bitch. That's just a you, bad time for anybody. Oh fucking god! This and is now you're gone, mad bro. he's not horny because he's gonna fucking throw up and shit himself. Like this is your fault. Like if Tommy had sex with Michelle and then like she videotaped it. Stop <laughs> or like stop she, making a better movie. Just stop it. Like it was just gonna be so much better. It was like and then she like plans out her murder. Jesus. <laughs> Quit making a better movie. With the with the gun and everything. It's it's just the plot to Gone Girl. It really just is. I've never oh, seen Gone Girl, but that I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna have to go watch Gone Girl now. Um Anyway, let's talk about people who are awesome. Let's talk about our favorite character in this movie. Let's talk about our Joe Grizzly recipient. Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Random Randy Savage, who is your Joe Grizzly? Mine's going to be New Peter. Uh, the party <laughs> going <number> three. <laughs> that's hilarious. I got to give it to old Peter. That's my, that's my favorite. <laughs> New Peter, same same great taste, but bolder and sweeter. And I'm just like, <laughs> they rhymed. Good for you, man. Well, I, I give I'm giving it up to Stranger Things season three because I I didn't know the tagline of New Coke, so I was like, thanks for that, guys. Oh man, I need to watch that. I'm I'm, I'm so behind, dude. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's uh, I guess it's time to actually rate this thing for the first time ever, man. Yep. And for the last time. It's final verdict time, folks. Knee pads or slippers? What that means if we truly enjoy this movie, we'll give it a maximum of two knee pads when we fall to our knees to the worship position given this movie is just due, or if we think this movie is a flaming pile of garbage, we'll slide on two hater slippers and make up a false pregnancy. <laughs> just, for, just for shits oh, and giggles. Just because you're bored. Just because you're bored. Random Randy Savage. Knee pads or slippers? Damn, I'm going to change this. Okay. Um, it's tough. It's, it's tough gonna one. be, it's gonna be a knee pad, at least one mm. for sure. Why so, sir? It is bad. It is. But if you go in with the understanding that it's bad, this is the funniest shit you've seen. And it's like, because of that, it changes the perspective of the movie. And it's like, it's. It was just like somebody told me about Birdemic. I was like, you gotta watch Birdemic. I'm like, okay. And you go in watching it, it's bad. And it's like, oh my God, this is fucking terrible, but it's so good and I can't stop watching. And it's like, it's it's like two old people having sex with mayonnaise. And it's like, oh, it's oh. grotesque. What is that? But What is that on? Yeah. Oh, uh, Dave Chappelle. Thank you yeah, for that. Thanks Chappelle. for bringing that back in my mind. God damn it. But you, but then, like, I started to watch The Disaster Artist and it's like, it was sheer force of will that brought this thing into the universe. And it's like, it, it, without any kind of like, ne- like no one told him no. And he pushed this thing into the universe and it's now in the, it's, and it's in there. And it, 
and it exists. And you were like, that's incredible. It's so bad, but it, you got to watch this thing. Cause it's got, you got to watch it because it's so bad. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to completely mirror what you said. It's definitely one knee pad, only because you need to see this shit. Like the fact that <sighs> we've seen bad movies. But like, okay, Luther the Geek. I keep thinking about because like that movie just physically made me upset. But there's an actual narrative. There's actual things like you can literally build off of that movie. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, and it has a lower score, only because they showed that they had enough wherewithal to do things right. This movie does every single thing wrong. Every, only thing that was done right. Was that they took the cap off the fucking camera? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Up, oh, take this up, and, and whatever." Even just, even like the green screen focus is still fuzzy on the edges, and I'm just like, "Come on, guys, dude, just really? every facet of this is wrong, but not wrong enough to where it would fail." It's weird, and like so many like tiny things. There's so, dude, every picture in that house is a picture of a spoon. I didn't notice that. Uh. The first time watching it, there's no actual. There's all, they're all stock footage of spoons in the background. That's why. <laughs> so when you, if you were to go to a movie theater to watch this, there's crowd participation like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, fans will throw spoons at the screens, plastic spoons, when they get bored. So it happens a lot. It's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be replicated. It's just, it can't. There's be. no way. It can't be because he's trying. He's trying now, and it's, it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Like Birdemic, like all these, all these movies are like, like that's that is it. You just cash in and you just keep milking it. I mean, like I, more power to Tommy Wiseau because he's finding a way to still stay relevant. Yeah. Um, even if it's just by his own hand while we're doing this episode, but it is what it is, you know. And um, I get. Yeah. I don't know. I feel. It's strange to say that I feel almost encouraged because I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm never going to get the script done. But then I like Tommy Wiseau made the room when he was 47. Mm-hmm. You have time. Just keep you have to just. And I, he's I, insane. That's what I've noticed about filmmakers is they have this tendency to be like this, this guy or it's like, I have an idea. I'm going to do it. And no one can tell me no. And if they tell me no, I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves because I'm doing it anyway. And I'm just like. I do not have that, but I really like what they, what uh, Dave Franco says in the first 10 minutes of the disaster artist. He's like, I want that. I want that ability to be like, I'm, I'm going to be the gold medal and I don't give a fuck Olympics. And it's yeah. just like, it's like, Absolutely. I want that too. I want that ability to be like, to walk in a room and be like, Stella! Stella! <laughs> and climbing on this shit and then falling down and like, ah, and he called up a bitch to stand there and do nothing. And I was just like. <laughs> but yeah, like, you're right. And, and what's funny is I always think about, uh, you know, the show. As far as like, am I making the room? Like every, you know what I mean? Like, like, like mm. in the beginning, it was like, am I, am I always have this moment where it's like, am I just high on my own supply right now? Like, am I really making something worth a damn? And does it even matter? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. even if even if it was like I'm like this is this show's utter trash and I need to quit. Should I quit? And I think the answer is no. No, I feel like I 
I said this to someone else is like, whatever you create, if you put it out there and people respond to it, then you've made something good. Even if the response is bad, then it's like, if the response is bad, then you can adjust and make more things better. And it's like, as long as you get a response and it's like, you throw something out there and nothing happens, that's a response too. that they don't want that So move on, try something else. And it's like, you know, it's easier to do, to give advice for shit that you don't have. <laughs> it's like, right, <laughs> right. but it's like, yeah, I get that. It's like, just put it out there. And then if you get good response back, then keep plugging away and keep doing this thing. And it's like, what did, what did he, what did he say? Life is so short that it makes no sense to not try. <laughs> mm. Facts, man. Fucking facts. Well, on that note. Fucking Kevin Smith, bro. And he and the fact that he was in the disaster artist too, I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, let's go ahead and start shutting this down. I want to give a special thanks to everybody who was kind enough to send their kind words uh now and in the future. We appreciate it, guys. Uh super stoked about it. Uh obviously I want to thank every single guest we ever had on this show. Um uh damn man. It, it, it's it's a lot of fucking people. All it didn't. Our... It wasn't all out of nowhere. It took a community to like make this product, and we are so thankful to have this community. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, our Patreons, man. Like you guys, made me yes. realize that we're not insane <laughs> for doing this shit. Somebody will pay for this shit, <laughs> man. Look, and and a lot of people who are in that Patreon list are like legitimate day ones, man. So like, shout out to each and every one of y'all. Y'all know who y'all are. I message y'all. I happily talk with y'all all the time. Thank y'all so fucking much. There's like 40 of y'all because technically 34. There's six of y'all that ain't paying. I'm going to kick y'all off eventually. But <laughs> but uh, all of y'all, though, I fucking appreciate it. Even the ones that came and left. Thank y'all uh, for doing that. Like just any amount uh, of money y'all gave us meant the world. Uh, Randy, I, I know you got something you got to say. I... I'm just I'm I'm just honored to be a part of this, really, because you know, going from listening to about the room and then actually being on the show and talking about the room, this this is like this is awesome. It's it's literally the best part of my week. I'm so happy to be doing this. Uh, I'm hoping to do another 200 episodes. It's gonna be amazing. And I mean, that's it. That's pretty much all I got to say. That's what's up, man. I, like, dude, once again, I'm. It's a blessing. That I have you on the show, dude. I uh, I am definitely one of the luckiest people in the universe to just like with within a day, <laughs> like find find a, a a not just a suitable but like a perfect co-host. Uh, it's fucking insane. Like I I I do not take that for granted at all, at fucking all. So thank you, sir, uh, for uh, getting us to two hundred and shit. This is like. You've probably done like I don't know how many fucking episodes you've done overall if we include Patreons, but you're you're definitely I mean this is your baby as well, man. Like you've you've done more than most. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna keep doing them. I'm gonna keep plugging away until you tell me to stop. So <laughs> right until I'll, I'll be dead. But um, <laughs> no, then we'll then we'll just we'll get the Necronomicon and then Brandon will come back. Nah, just, just get Hannibal Burris. He'll be a suitable replacement. Yes. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> no one will know. But um <laughs> that's a shout out to Aaron Garcia, you piece of shit. Keep calling me uh fucking Hannibal Burris, but he looks like Eagle Raptor. So it's all Good fair. Bastard. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, man, uh, we will catch you guys next week. We're doing one of the th- other three that didn't make it. Uh, possibly yes. Pulp Fiction. For, I don't. I don't know. I don't know the order. But uh, it's either Pulp Fiction, Chopping Mall, or um, Battlefield Earth. Ugh. So yes. <laughs> get ready for that, folks. Um, thank you guys. Seriously, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much for the support y'all giving us. I, I'm still in disbelief that this is episode 200. But um, this has been Code 45. We'll catch you guys on a flip flop.